I believe that God designed on demand for people like you. People can't always get to the word when you want it, so you need it in your hand or you need it on your computer. But here it is, a word just for you. So click in, enjoy yourself. And remember, God designed this just for you. So apply the word you're about to hear and let it transform your life. Come on, say dealing with my real tough issues. And today I have the privilege of the topic uh, called What Families Teach Us. Keep in mind, your families teach you uh, everything. Majority of what a person learns, majority of what a person learns happens within the family. Our experience such as how we are treated, what we see and what we hear will help shape our life choices. We tend to carry these lessons all throughout childhood years through adult years. So I decided to take this carrying of life experiences as a life backpack. And that nowadays a backpack carries a whole lot of stuff. You know, years ago the backpack was only used if for educational purposes. You know, you, you bought a new backpack for your kids and you made sure they had pencil and paper and all the supplies and various little snacks and things that you put in the backpack so they can be successful academically. But now a backpack is used to, for some of everything. In my travels, I tend to see more backpacks than I even see luggage. When you go to work, you tend to put your work in a backpack. When you travel, you tend to put all of your necessary belongings to survive for 24 hours tend to go in, in your backpack. And so the backpack does so much. So today I'm going to talk about uh, the various life items that your family has placed in your backpack. So we're going to look, first of all, at what I call some items that come from your immediate family. Items, your immediate family such as your mom, your dad. Let me see, where's my immediate family? But here it is. It comes from your mom, your dad, grandma, pops. All those individuals, they give you um, not only uh, some practical items in your life backpack, but they also give you emotional items. So I'm going to first of all look at some of the practical items that's placed in your backpack. From the time you were born, an item that was placed in your practical backpack was the importance of food. Now, I didn't have a baby bottle, and I wasn't going to go buy a pack of baby bottles because they're expensive. So I wasn't going to buy them just for this demo. But I still have Milani Babies, a sippy cup in my house. So the importance of food is one of those foundational things that your family put in your life backpack. So you have food, just like one of Ricky's favorite things, he probably still likes if he's streaming, is applesauce. And then here it overcome my faith, and, and not only in children's ministry, but the wonderful college-age ministry. You guys love fruit snacks. So these, just the, the concept that food is placed in your family, in your backpack by your family. So it's some practical things. Another practical thing along with food is shelter. You're trying to figure out where I'm going to live, where, where are you going to do? All those things are crucial. Even from the time you were born, they were trying to, your family was feeding you, and then you had to be housed. Now, I couldn't bring, I have a dollhouse actually in my office, but I couldn't bring that dollhouse out. But I thought in terms of shelter, even for an infant, is something that's nice and wrapped and cuddly like this blanket, where you feel like I need something that's going to protect me, something that's going to house me. And that's a principle that's taught to you by your immediate family, food and housing. 
Another thing taught to you by your family is education. And you think, okay, education, they need to go to elementary school, and then they need to go to high school, they go to college, they graduate school, doctor, whatever it is, education. No, education starts way earlier than even when you're taking little Pookie to daycare. Education actually started from the time they were born because you are educating them and said, I'm mommy, he's daddy. You know, you are putting all of that information in the backpack. You're trying to get your child to say mama before your child says dada. You know, and so your dad, the dad is saying, say dada, dada. The mom said, no, say mama, mama. And guess what they always say first? Dada. Is that because dad is so off the chain? Sure. Believe whatever you want to believe. Dad is so, yes, dads are off the chain. Ladies in the house, let's give dads a hand. Being so wonderful, but actually, <laughs> phonetically, they can say D before they say M, but we're going to let y'all just go with that and think, you know, dad's verse, okay? So, but you notice that they, you are drilling them. It's like, say dad, 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 say mama, mama. And just like being a grandma, I was constantly, from the time she was born, it was like, say grandmama. Like, what, how's a one-month-old going to say grandmama? But I was like, oh, when she does say something, she's going to say grandmama. You know, and so there's an educational experience that's automatically placed in your child's backpack, and it is eternal. Come on, say education. education. Okay, let's see what else. Oh, and something else we teach our kids. We don't teach them to love it, but we do teach them that there's some money principles in life, and that principle is placed in their life backpack. We start off by giving them a little piggy bank and say, we're going to put all the change, you know, in the bank, and the bank is getting bigger and bigger, and then I don't know how many of you have done this where you held out like a, a quarter and then had a dollar, and then your grandparents probably have done it to you and say, which one do you want, baby? And you're telling them, take the dollars, take the dollars, but the child always go for the little shiny thing. But it only takes a matter of time before they realize I can buy a whole lot with the paper things than I can with, with the coin. Things, information that's placed in your life backpack by your family. Then you have some emotional items because these are all the little practical items placed in the life backpack. But we have some emotional items. I call them, this is like my little love bear. Because there are some basic principles where your child gets in their backpack where they know that they are loved. They know that they're cared for. They know that they're protected. It's placed in the backpack. They have a sense of peace and patience and all of that that we are trying to teach our kids to put in the life backpack. There was even this song that I used to sing to my kids when they're like, I'm hungry, I can die, can I please have all of this? And you know, and it's like, and, and that little spirit will be placed in your life backpack, and then you're a grown person, like, I wish y'all hurry up. I want this traffic to move out of the way. Why this lady didn't bring me my food yet? I placed my order 10 minutes ago, and I am still waiting. It's like, you, miss, you, you uh, apparently impatience was put in your family backpack. And it's just, it's still in there, and you grown, and you still have all that drama going on. But when my kids were little, there was a song, and they used to hate it when I sang this song. But I purposely put it in their backpack. Y'all want to hear the song? Yeah. I can act up in 11 o'clock service because I'm, I'm finished after this. Okay, the song says, 
have patience, have patience. Don't be in such a hurry. If you get impatient, you only start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too. So think of all the times when others had to wait for you, Christina. <laughs> Christina's my daughter, so I can use her as, as sermon material. Had to wait for you, Ricky Temple Jr. Think of all the times God had to wait on you. And they're like, oh, I don't want to hear that patient song. I just want some cookies. You know, but you had to place that in a person's life backpack. But our immediate family not only taught us some practical things and placed it in our backpack and taught us some emotional principles and placed it in our life backpack, but they also placed some things that weren't the most wonderful things. Our families placed a spirit of fear in our backpack. Now, there's a difference between reverential fear, where you know you need to have a degree of fear and respect for the police. You know, it's like, I don't fear no man, you going to jail. You know, you, it needs to be some reverential kind of fear. But then there are some things that fear is placed in there because sometimes we use fear as a means of control. Like, you know, that little boogeyman story that they tell you so you won't leave your room and all kind of things that we just plant a spirit of fear in our kids. And it will be in your backpack where it will be certain principles, certain basics you are afraid to do because that fear was placed in your backpack. Tremendous insecurity is placed in your backpack. And it's, it was there and you still in your adult life carry that. You are afraid to go back to school. You are afraid to apply for the job. You are afraid to go various places and do various things because that spirit, that little item of insecurity was placed in your life backpack by your immediate family. There was jealousy that was placed in your family backpack. You think, jealousy, oh, you've heard the conversations that your family had. Look at her. I don't know who she thinks she is just because she got a new car and a new house. You know what? I'm tired of my boss because he's just always trying to tell me what to do, and he just thinks he's the man because he got an increase. But all of that is jealousy. You heard it. It was placed in your backpack, and now you're carrying it around saying the exact same thing what was placed in your backpack by your family, and then fear of abandonment. Now, there are a whole lot of others, but that fear that I'm going to be by myself, fear that my family is going to leave me, fear that I'm going to be left alone, fear that I have no one in, in my life. And you have to be careful when you have that fear of abandonment in life. You will take that life experience and make a major compromise. You will, you will allow abuse to happen. You will allow all sorts of things to happen in your life because of fear of being abandoned. Things placed in your life backpack by your immediate family. Now, understand family is not just your immediate family, mom, dad, grandma, brother, cousins, all of those. We also have a family of friends. Our family of friends are people that you grew up with and you went to, you were friends since kindergarten and, you know, elementary school, high school, your college buddy, your roommate. You have a group of friends and a group of family friends and they have the ability to put things in your life backpack. And then there's also this new thing that's been out and it's called social media. 
Social media, according to social media, you have 4,579 friends. Now, prior to social media, you had three. Now you have over 4,000 friends. Do you know all those people? No. But they're in the system as friends, people who are relating to you, sending messages to you, and based upon what they send will impact your life backpack. So you have these little things where you can tell them it's your birthday, and then when it's your birthday, you know, you get, it, it'll automatically come up. It's Diane Farns, Brian Temple's birthday. And I'll get all these greetings. Now, when I was with my family, I got greetings from mom. You know, didn't get much from my dad. Praise the Lord. I love him, but he's going to be the Lord, but didn't get nothing from him. But got it from my mom. Got my, my sister, my brother. Various people like that would send me, send me gifts. Now, I get hundreds of greetings and balloons flying in the air and all sorts of, you know, birthday kisses and all these things because of my 4,579 family members and friends in social media, how they impact you. They also help you be comfortable with communicating because you can communicate all your likes and dislikes and, and feelings and frustrations. Instead of holding it all in, you can put a little emoji out there and say, I'm happy, and then I'm frustrated, or I'm mad, or that person got on my last nerves. You have the freedom to express yourself and give feelings. Then I also like the fact that social media forces you to think outside of the box. Your social media friends. I had growing, growing up, um, I was born in 1956. Can you imagine? I know front row's like, what? It was a dinosaurs back then. Don't try me. No, but I grew up in the South. And so when I was told that we were going to go and have fun or go on vacation, we were limited in where you could go as an African-American. We could not go to Tybee. We could not, if we went to Hilton Head, it was a specific beach African-Americans could go to on Hilton Head Island. Most of us, if we wanted to go to the beach, it was a beach that was considered as a black beach that was in Jekyll Island. So my, my concept of travel and where I could go was very limited because of our culture. But it's amazing as, as time progressed, and even though my family might have processed in a limited way because that's all they knew, you know, as you meet people, you start thinking, where can I travel and where, I can, where can I go? And, and even social media, you have friends who start to travel various places, places that you never thought about. So I have been now, I've had the honor of not only going to London, I've been to Rome. I've been to Paris, I've been to Australia, I've been to Brazil, I've been to a whole lot of places where if I just limited my exposure, if I limited to what was placed in my life backpack to just what my biological family had, I would never go those places. But it gave me a tremendous view that if I want to go places, if I dream to go elsewhere, I need to start with a passport. I can't just talk about it. But they, it broadened my view that my world was not just a small little African-American community where you know, I was, went from Fairwood Homes to, to Thunderbolt, that the world was a whole lot broader than that. And so my social media friends actually helped me with that. We even had these little gifts were actually given to my grandbaby from a uh, um, uh, missionary or from Pastor Wilson of Ugambi from Uganda. And so even though I haven't gone to Uganda yet, 
because of my exposure, that relationship with him, I'm scheduled to go in June. Hallelujah. Right. Who has put various items in your life backpack that has broadened your definitions? But you also have other things placed in your life backpack. Be things that people would not necessarily say to your face, but they don't mind saying it on social media. Some things are just plain cruel, unnecessary things, where you're looking at individuals being beat up and hit and insulted on social media, and then you see the little emoji saying, ha, 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 ha. Unnecessary, unfair cruelty is now placed in our life backpack. Insults are placed in our life backpack by these things because there are no consequences. You know, all they can do is unfriend you, but they can't do nothing else. So they feel free now on social media to be insulting. The bullying and various things you see, and some people think it is okay. They actually think it's okay. People are losing their lives because they've been abused and bullied on social media. And it's like, just delete them. To me, you know the secret to getting rid of them? If they have no audience, it would not exist. Anytime you see things that are improper, demeaning, all those various things, say unfollow or delete. And instead of them having these increase in numbers because you have all these improper things going on, they need to have a decrease in numbers so that they can realize that, you know, there are other words other than curse words. There are other relationships you can have other than beating up somebody and insulting them. It needs to be a decrease and increase instead of an increase. So you have your social media family. And they have placed a whole lot of items in your life backpack. Come on, say life backpack. life backpack. Then you have what I call your religious family, your church family. Now, a lot of these principles should have been shared with you by your immediate family, but that's not necessarily the case all the time. So with your church family or your spiritual family, you learn a lot of wonderful principles, and hopefully you get them here, even though it come by faith. You get the importance of the Word of God. Whether it's a Bible, which some of you don't even own one, but, you know, whether it's a Bible or whether you use the Bible app, you know, it's the, the importance of the Word of God. You also learn the importance of worship. The lifting the hands, the praising God, just like even the fact that in a church you can dance and you think, I only dance when I'm in the club, only dance when I'm at a party. That's the only dance you know. But now at a church site, Overcome by Faith, you have mine and you have, we even used to have a step ministry a long time ago and you have all this dancing and praising God. You can tell I don't do this, but they have this thing where it's like, <laughs> I don't know how they do that. It's like. All of that is now placed in your life backpack because of your church family. The word of God, worship, prayer, all of those things. Even just like one of my, you might think, oh, Miss Temple has in her office is toys. I have, you know, you have sermon notes. You know, prior to coming here, did you have sermon notes? I don't know too many churches that do that. But you have sermon notes, not only on paper, but you have it digital. Things placed in your life backpack. So now when you go to other churches, you're wondering where the notes, what's the primary scripture. You're asking all those things because that's now your norm. It's in your life backpack. 
But here is something I had in my office for at least 20 years, and I found out the other day he works for like two seconds. He used to work for like 30 seconds, but let's see if he can hold on at least for one more service. For those of you that think that gospel music has gone... See, that's all he's got. Do it again. Do it again. I think he's finished. Oh, you did it one more time, and then you said it is finished. Look at, the, look at God. Look how God is such a miracle-working God. But anyway... He used to sing the whole song. His little hands went up in the air and all sorts of things. And so it's like it's your spiritual family, it's your church family that teach you the importance of the word and worship and prayer and, and all these various things. It's powerful. But I hate to say that even the church family has its imperfections. Before I do the imperfections, I forgot even kids. How many of you have had a VeggieTale video at some point in time in your life? Oh, my goodness. It's like they didn't exist because DVDs didn't exist. But, you know, they had VeggieTales. You got, they have like 5,719 VeggieTale series. And I think we must have all 5,000 here at Overcome by Faith. But this is, this is what's been placed in your, in your spirit, even when you're in children's ministry. But as I was leading to... I hate to say it, the fact that the body of Christ or the church is not full of perfect people. We're imperfect people serving a perfect God. Amen. Amen. So sometimes within the church, we have what I call the art of pretending. And the art of pretending is placed in your life backpack. Art of pretending is you just got finished telling off people in the mall, just before you got here, because you needed another pair of shoes because your feet hurt, so you want, and you just told them off, it's like, you know that thing done, it's not worth that amount of money, or didn't you just tell me it was a size eight, and I need, I need a size seven, you need to go back there, and, and you're giving somebody a hard time, and maybe even release a few little extra words that you know would have little X marks by, but yet you come into the house of God, praise the Lord. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord. Do we, do we have breakfast this morning? Do we have, you know, that art of pretending, of taking your, your issues. You're arguing in the parking lot. Mom and dad arguing in the parking lot. Then kids in the back seat like, here we go again. It's the 15th argument they had for the day. Then you hit the hallway and say, good morning. How are you? All of a sudden, full of smiles. People see the art of pretending in the body of Christ. Judgment. Looking at people and saying, I know who they are. They, I saw what they did yesterday. You know they're going to bust hell wide open. All these various things that the body of Christ will say, and it's been placed in your life backpack. Based upon the church, I've seen churches where, you know, a young lady gets pregnant, and they would sit the young lady on the back row of the church. It's like, do you realize them saying... I'm, I'm, I'm in the last service, so I'm safe. The same people, them same elders and deacons and everybody who just fussing and making that little girl sit in the back row, if they had a child every time they fornicated, they'd have like 57 children. But they have the nerve to put judgment in your backpack. That's the body of Christ. And then even something as simple as division. 
It's like Usher 1 is against Usher 2. Usher 1, Usher 1 can actually wear blue, and, but Usher 2, we wear better than blue because we wear purple. You know, and it's, you see this division. The choir is, the senior choir is mad with the youth choir because the youth choir is singing their song, you know, and all these things happen within the church. I tell you, and overcome by faith, we are far from being perfect because remember, we are imperfect people serving a perfect God. And overcome by faith is a hospital. So you should not come in here expecting, they didn't smile at me and they didn't say good morning. Remember, why don't you smile? Give and it shall be given. And so you have those principles. But what I love about overcome by faith and your pastor, Ricky Ricardo Temple Sr., is that if there is drama and confusion going on and it's still happening, he apparently doesn't know about it. I don't care how many leaders may know about it, but if pastor knows about it, is he going to put you on the back row? Is he going to throw you out? No. Nope. Now, he did put out a guy, I must confess. <laughs> he didn't put him out. Can I be honest? <laughs> like he's like, oh, gee, he's 11 o'clock service. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm going to be resting after this. But, <laughs> but there we had a guy. We had a guy, and it was when we were a lot smaller. And you know how it is. The single women in the church, they just get so desperate where they just like, oh, my gosh, I need me a saved man. And so, you know, it's like if they see any guy who come through the door, is that him? Is that him? Is that him? So this guy... He knew he was one of the few single men in the church. You know, if something like that going on now, we don't know about it because the pastor would have put you out. But anyway, <laughs> and so he just started going like, okay, he, he's dating this one, and he's dating that one. And, they, and he wasn't just taking turns dating. He was dating and going across the line. And you, pastor talk more about the cross the line next week. But y'all know, y'all feel me what I mean by cross the line. He was dating this one across the line. There's like, oops. Lord, forgive me. He was dating this one crossing the line. Oops. Lord, forgive me. Dating this one crossing the line. Oops. The church wasn't was so big. It wasn't like it was the 3,000 we have now. And he just opened them through all the women in the church. <laughs> now, of course, my rule is the sister should have said, no oops here. That's what she should have said. But in the meantime, you know how it is. It's like, oh, he's in the church. Pastor confronted him and said, brother, if you can't get it right, you got to go. He was gone. Okay, but that's not the norm. Usually what happens, pastor is going to talk to you and encourage you and say you can make it, you can do it, because this is a body of Christ filled with imperfect people serving a perfect God. Come and say, imperfect people serving a perfect God. And so that's the way we functioned. And so when we did have things, he would ask. He would challenge us to ask. He would challenge us to love and forgive and encourage people and tell them you can make it, you can do it. That's the kind of place it is. And what happens is even if you are overcoming by faith for one month, he placed this in our backpack. Even if you are overcome by faith for a month, overcome by faith for a year, or overcome by faith for 10 years, we are honored to have you. So you don't have to think, I don't go to overcome my faith anymore. I decided to go around the corner to the church because they got this praise and worship that I just love. And I love the way the pastor preach, preaches and stuff. And you decide to go there. Is he going to be looking at you? Why would you leave our church? No, he placed in our backpack that we are honored for whatever period of time that we have you. That's a part of who we are. You don't have to hide, duck, dodge, scared. The pastor going to ask you. He's going to ask you how you're doing. 
But if you tell him where you're going and what's happening, he may not even ask what church you're going to. It's been an honor. That's a place. That's something that we have in our church backpack. So we don't have all of that division. When, when Pastor Joyce was ready to launch and go into ministry, Pastor said, Pastor Joyce now is starting a ministry. How many of you want to go help? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. People stood to their feet. Even some solid tithers stood to their feet. Because we understand that God is the provider, not people. So they stood to their feet. Some served, said, I'll be there for a few months to get her going. Some people said, I'm going to be there, and that's going to be my new pastor. We celebrate that. That was placed in our family, in our church family backpack. Health and strength to press against the division and jealousy. Come on, say spiritual backpack. Those items are placed in your life backpack, and some of them come from your church family. But let's look at your scripture for today. It's taken from Deuteronomy, and it's Deuteronomy 11, 13 through 21. It says, from now on, if you listen obediently to the commandments I'm commanding you today, Love God, your God, and serve him with everything you have within you. He will take charge of sending the rain at the right time, both autumn and spring rains, so that you'll be able to harvest your grain, your grapes, your olives. He will make sure that there's plenty of grass for your animals and you will have plenty to eat. Then verse 16, but be vigilant lest you would be seduced away and end up serving and worshiping other gods. And God erupts in anger and shuts down heaven so that there is no rain, nothing grows in the field, and in no time at all you're starved out, not a trace of you left on the good land that God is giving you. Verse 18, place these words in your hearts, Give them, get them deep inside you, tie them on your hands and foreheads as a reminder. Teach them to your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from time to time when you get up in the morning until you fall into bed at night. Inscribe them on the doorposts and gates of your cities so that you live a long time, your children with you, on the soil that God promised to give, give your ancestors for as long as there is sky over the earth. Do we still have sky over the earth? Do we still have sky over the earth? So that means that there are certain promises that God has for us. But there are stipulations in order to get those promises. So he is, if you're wondering, what should go in my life backpack? I understand what my family members have placed in my life backpack. I understand what my friends and social media family placed in my life backpack. I understand what my church family may have placed in my life backpack. But all, even though you may have had all those experiences, you need to say, okay, God, what should be in my life backpack? According to these verses, the very first thing he says in the verse is listen. Come and say listen. listen. You would not believe that it is just this word alone could solve a lot of your problems. Kids, if you would just listen to what your parents say, you can avoid a whole lot. Those who are in relationships, if you could just listen and don't just try to overtalk a person. I have, a, women have been given a special gift. You know, I'm, I'm female biased. Women have been given a special gift. We have the ability to talk without having periods or commas. 
and we could do it for several minutes if need be. And then we are wondering why the men in our lives, whether it's our spouses or even if it's our sons, are not communicating. And it's because we need to periodically place a period to give them an opportunity to breathe and speak. So we have to learn to listen. So he said you listen, but not only do you listen, you need to listen according to the scripture obediently. Say obediently. obediently. Understand that it's easy to listen. Your mom told you it's time to wake up, time to get out of bed, okay. But did you move? It's time to get up, time to do your homework, okay. You heard it, you responded, but you did not move obediently. God is saying, yes, I want you to hear me. You hear the word of God. You listen to all the sermons. You listen, you're going to listen to sermons even when you leave here. But are you listening in an obedient fashion? There's a difference. If you want to be blessed, you need to listen obediently. Then the verse says that God says, I want you to love me, love God, and serve me. Again, you can say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you all day. But what is it that you do to prove that you love me? You can tell God, I love you, Lord, today because you care for me in such a way. So I lift my hands and praise you. But Diane, what are you doing other than saying I love you and I'm crying? You know? What are you doing? If you will love me, you will do my commandments. So he said, I want you to love me and serve me. So we have listen obediently. We have love and serve. And then he also says in that verse, you need to put in your life backpack to trust me. That is one of the hardest things to do. When you're waiting on God to come through and answer a prayer, and he's saying, keep waiting. It's like, God, I know you could do this today. You could have done it yesterday. But he said, no, listen obediently. Love me, serve me, then I want you to trust me. And if you do those things, you will see that I am your provider. You will see that I am your provider. I know you think your job is your provider. I know you think your off-the-chain skills is your provider because you're just so wonderful. You know, people just pay you all this money. But I want you to understand that your ability to learn in order to do the job, in order to get the money, actually came from your Heavenly Father. Not everyone has the ability to be a doctor. Not everyone has the ability, you know, to be a, a greeter. Some of us don't smile for nothing in the world, you know. So how are you going to have a job as a greeter, someone that's going to welcome people? God gave you these gifts that are unique to you. And because he gave you in your life backpack gifts that are unique to you, you, he now proves that he is your provider. You work hard, believe you're going to get an increase, all those various things. But never, ever in your mind think that your job is your provider. Never, ever in your mind think your parents are solely your provider. Never, ever, ladies, listen to me, never, ever in your life you think, I need to get a man with a job and he would be my provider. Oh, it's nice. Just like having a son. I think the other, I have a daughter and a son. I want my daughter to have somebody who got a job. I want my son to have somebody. Who, <laughs> it, I go both ways. It's like, uh-uh. You both 
do some stuff together. Amen. Now that's, of course, in, in households, if you are a stay-at-home mom, you are, you're a provider. You're actually doing the job of somebody who should be paid 70000 plus, you know, by being there all day. You are definitely in there. But understand that even with all of that in the package, your ultimate provider is your Heavenly Father. The real provider. So, listen obediently. Love God. Trust God. Understanding his provider. But it also says in the verse that you need to be vigilant. Why do you need to be vigilant? What's the deal? He said, be vigilant and beware. Be vigilant and beware because we have an enemy who seeks to and fro to see who he can devour. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, while the God we serve comes to bring life. So if the devil is going to do his job, his job is to give you a fit. His job is to frustrate you, whether it's in the class, on the job, in your home, wherever it is, he's going to purposely go after you and try to steal your joy. And so if you understand that, that means you have to be watchful. You can't just go through saying, you know, I'm in heaven and everything is so heavenly. No, understand you are not in heaven yet. You do need to lock your doors. You do need to don't be roaming out all times of night talking about la, 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 la. You need to be watchful. Come on, say watchful. You have to be vigilant. You have to beware. Don't allow the enemy to rob you. And so these are just a few things that should be placed in your life backpack. And then it says in the verse that if you put these various things in your life backpack, that you can't help but be blessed. But he says after that verse, he said you have another assignment. If you want to be blessed, put these various things in your life backpack and you are to put, put them down deep down inside your life backpack. Understand that if it's not deep enough, it could easily be taken away. So it has to be in there and pressed down deeply. You have to have listened to God and have it pressed down deeply in there. You have to be obedient to God and have it pressed down deeply in there so that when the enemy comes, because he will, it can't easily be taken. You know how if you have something it's like your last piece of peppermint and you know that your, your child always digging in your purse trying to look for peppermint, you say, I'm going to put it in a good spot. I'm going to press it down deep. I'm going to put it in that little cut that she don't know nothing about, my last piece of peppermint. You have to think. You don't want the enemy to come and just steal from you. You have to make sure that his word, his principles, all of that is pressed deep down in your life backpack. Then God says, not only should you make sure your life backpack is nice and strong, he says, now, now that it comes to little brother Pookie and little Pookina, (laughs) you have an assignment. Your assignment, whether it was done to you or not, is totally irrelevant. Your family has done all that they they could do. You have to decide what are you going to put in your children. So God says, it's your responsibility now to make sure that the next generation has the proper things placed in their life backpack. Of course you know to feed them. Of course you know to make sure that there is housing. Of course you know to make sure they understand the, the importance of education. And even if your family did not do it, it's telling you, God, God expects you to do it. 
to make sure that that next generation have it. But you need to also put within your little boogie's backpack that you need to listen obediently. You need to trust God and you need to place it in your kid's backpack. You need to place in your kid's backpack a principle of the importance of loving God and place it deep in their backpack so they will understand. You need to take the principle of you need to beware, you need to be vigilant, you need to look out because the devil is busy. He's always after somebody. So you need to make sure that those little things that happen in your life, that you don't just make it the family secret forever. You know, it's like everybody knows what happens when they go to Aunt Susie's house, but nobody want to say it because they don't want Aunt Susie to be offended. I ain't stunned Aunt Susie. I am going to tell you can go to Aunt Susie's house. There were certain houses my mama took us to, and she said, you could tell she knew something I didn't know. She said, baby, sit right here. And it's like, but mama want to go play. No, baby, you sit right here. And I mean, we had to touch her shoulder because she knew something we didn't know. You have to be vigilant and you take it. And right now I tell my kids, like, I don't know no people like that. You are you going, well, uh, I don't think so. They come here, you know, but uh, uh, you push it deep inside. God says that we have to make sure we put various things sometimes in our life backpack, but it's our responsibility to make sure that our kids have the right items in our backpack. We must decide what we're going to keep in our life backpack. What we're going to keep. Then we have to decide what are the things that we need to purge and get rid of. For some of you, you have all kind of drama and foolishness and strife and the police at your house every other day and all this is going on. You need to go in that family backpack and purge and say, that's trash. I'm not receiving it no more. That's trash. I'm not receiving it anymore. Whatever it is that ain't, doesn't line up with the word of God, say, I'm getting rid of all this garbage and I will no longer have it in my life backpack. Come on, say, for some of you, you need to purge. And then some of you need to say, what do I need to add to my life backpack? Hopefully, it's going to include listening obediently to God. Hopefully, it's going to include loving God and serving God and trusting God. If it was not placed in your life backpack by family member, by your mom and your dad or even your friends, you need to say, I'm going to put it, even if your church family didn't do it, you say, I'm going to put it in my own life backpack. One thing I must say, my mom was a, a wonderful individual. She was actually the founder of this ministry, and she put a whole lot of things in my life backpack. But she also made some decisions in her life that were not the best. She did not, even though she was smart, she was beautiful, she did not love wisely. And so because she didn't love wisely, her, she, her heart just went through a whole lot of emotional roller coasters and moments. But she brought to our attention, she said, Diane, I want you to understand, even though I went through this experience, I'm believing the generational curse of that foolishness is going to end right now. She, she pointed out the garbage that was placed in my life backpack. Because I tell you what was placed in my life backpack and the experience I had as a child is like, I trust no man. That was what was in my backpack. Not mankind, I mean man. Male. I don't trust near one. That was what was placed in my life backpack. But she said, that generational curse must be broken because the word of God does not process like that. Does not. So she actually changed it. She took the garbage out and exposed me to the word of God. So it was certain things that were deep down inside that were trash. I was able to pull it out. But the greatest gift she put in my backpack was Jesus. Yeah. 
the greatest gift. I was raised in church. Sunday school, I can name my home churches right downtown, one of the historic churches, raised in church. But there's a difference between church, religion, and genuine relationship. And she gave me, as you stand to, the, to your feet, she gave me the greatest gift I could ever have. And that's sharing the gift of Jesus with me. So I'm going to have one of the elders come up and pray with you. If you take a moment, bow your heads. Close your eyes. You're going to have an opportunity to receive the greatest gift ever for those of you who have never done it. A tremendous gift, and that's the gift of Jesus. Come on up, Elder Lorenzo. My bottom is that some of us know that as we grew up, as we came through this life, there were certain things that was placed in our backpack that was to weigh us down. But God wants to take that weight off of us. <laughs> he wants to free us from all of those things. And so one of the, as, as, as First Lady said, one of the most important things, the most important thing that we can do is receive Jesus as our Savior. He's the lifter of our heads. He's the lifter of weights off of us. He's, he can free us from all of our backpack issues. That's just who he is. So listen, she said something earlier. She said, some of us, some of us, and I don't know if you've been in this place before. I know I have. We are pretenders. Sometimes things, we make things look good. We make things look great. And we walk around as if everything is fine, but all the while we know that we're missing something on the inside. That very thing we're missing is Jesus. So again, every head by every hide closed for the person, for the, for, your, for the rights of privacy. If you're in this place on today, and you know that you, you know that you know that you know you need a Savior on today, Him, Jesus. If that's you in this building, we're going to ask that if you raise your hand and you can put it back down. You can just raise your hand. Amen. 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 You can just raise it up and put it back down. Listen, I know sometimes we get concerned about people who can watch. And we get concerned about, well, what if I do make the decision? But what's going to happen next? Who's going to say this? You know what? Don't even care about it. Just know that once you do it, you have a life with Christ. <laughs> and everything is going to be okay. Place them in your backpack. Let them be there with you. If there's anyone else, just lift your hands and put it back down. Amen, amen. Listen, I'm going to ask real quick, if you're a worshiper in this building, just worship God right now. Give him the fruit of your lips right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone needs this right now. Give him the fruit of your lips right now. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Listen, if you would at this time, please repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for what you've done just for me. You hung on a cross and gave your life just for me. But you didn't stay there, but you rose up on the third day, giving us victory over our sins. And for that, we say thank you. Now I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you did that just for me. And now I am saved. If you believe that, clap those hands right now. Hallelujah. 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 I love On Demand because it can help you. And I pray that what you've heard today will help you. I hope it transforms your life and gives you the, the boost you need. So let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for those who've listened in. Let it be a transforming moment for them, one they'll never forget in Jesus' name. 
My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. I'll see you next time right here on demand. If you like what you heard today, link it and send it to a friend and bless somebody else. Have a great day. Bye bye.